0: grateful to have so many men in this church that could come and just deliver message and and uh, so thankful so just so y'all know I'm not preaching today uh, brother Sam is and the reason I'm not preaching today is is uh, we got to do a wedding last night for my oldest son and get him married off and uh, and, and now I have a new daughter amen And so many of y'all know Emily Emily's now my daughter in love and so uh, uh, the Graham family grew by one last night, and so we're excited about that. And, uh, but the other half of it is I'm wore out. And so, uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, I love that, that, that our faith family continues to grow, and it continues to grow with great people, and Sam's one of them. So uh, give him your ear and give the Lord your attention this morning, this afternoon, as we yeah. hear the word. Amen. Oh, it's such an honor to be here. Uh, just to be a part of Sand Springs. Um, and, um, you know, we had a great time at Faith Fest and I was asking the Lord, Lord, what's next? What uh, what do you have have for me to do? What's, what's the next commission? What's the next um, task that you have for me? And so as I was seeking the Lord in this, uh, this past week, Eric called me and he was like, hey bro, You wanna preach on Sunday? I was like, yeah, absolutely. And then I hung up and I said, oh crap, what did I just do? (laughs) Um, But I'm super honored to be here this morning. And um, I don't know if y'all realize, but something shifted last last Sunday. Um, Something shifted in the heavenlies and God just poured out his spirit on us uh, as the worship team worshiped. And Eric um, brought a beautiful message about intimacy And uh, as I was getting ready to prepare for this morning, this afternoon, I kept asking God what he wanted me to preach on. And uh, I was like, well, no, that doesn't sound right. That doesn't sound right. And so I asked my wife, I I said, babe, I don't don't know what I'm gonna preach about. And she said, what has the Lord been putting in your heart? And um, so probably for about six months I would say it started with uh, a word that Danny Elledge actually brought to the kingdom Men meeting one night and uh, the Lord just had me in the same scripture constantly over and over and over again and I was asking God well what is he trying to show me in this and so I want to I want to come off of what Eric preached off of last Sunday from intimacy and move into Do we have it yeah stewarding his presence how, how do we steward um, the gift that He's given us, right? Because we all have the Holy Spirit inside of us. So we carry that presence wherever we go. Um, so this morning, I just wanna kinda touch base on, on some things that the Lord's been showing me and I really feel like God is, His Holy Spirit is calling us into deeper waters. That He's calling us, like it's not, uh, you know, no more playing church, right? The, the, the world is evolving. The more evil that's very apparent And how are we to combat that evil? I love what Brad taught this morning um, about taking the light into the darkness and how we fight that darkness. And then Brother Danny's message on obedience. Everything that we do as a Christian, as a believer, comes out of being in the presence of God. If we're not taking the time, like Pastor Eric says time and time again, if we're not taking that time to get in that presence, our weaponry is not gonna be sharp and we're not gonna be fit for battle. So um, if you would, turn with me to Matthew 26, and I'm going to be starting in in verse 6. I just want to take the time and honor my parents. My parents are here this morning, and I'm so thankful for that. Um, And then let's honor the worship team. How awesome was that worship? Um, I came to the first service, the second service, and now this service, and I cried like a baby the whole time. I mean, you can just feel the tangible presence of God in this place. Um, So in Matthew 26, uh, verse eight, uh, we'll, we'll read through it. It says, and when Jesus was in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper, a woman came to him having an alabaster flask of very costly fragrant oil, and she poured it on his head as he sat at the head of the table. But when his disciples saw it, they were indignant saying, why this waste? So a lot of the times in the world, we see people as we worship, they're like, why are they worshiping God? You can't see him. Some people say you can't hear him anymore. And we're devoting our lives to to the way, right? And a lot of people are like, why are they wasting their time doing this? So in the Jewish culture, back in that time, when a daughter was to be married to a bridegroom, they would take an, the family would gather uh, their money and they would put these oils and different fragrances in this alabaster box. And before they were to be wedded, she would take this box and break it over him and anoint his feet. And I don't, do we have that picture? Let's see if we have it. Okay, that's okay, that's okay. Um, and so this picture is this woman is laying at the feet of Jesus. And so what that picture is in the Jewish times was they were breaking this all over and it was saying, I'm giving you my everything. I'm giving you my all, all of me. So we're, so this is a picture, not just of his, his, his death to come, but a, she's making a marriage covenant with Jesus. She is marrying the Lord, not just savior, right? We can go through and we can live life and know Jesus as savior and have salvation, but that's not where it's supposed to end. He wants us to draw us into a deeper, more intimate relationship with the Lord, right? And it's not just like, we don't go in our our secret place and just have a relationship with God. It's God, the son and the Holy Spirit. There are three different ones, but all the same. And so we have to have a relationship with each one. I just wanna I wanna say that because I think there's some confusion, right? That when we go into our, our 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 space and spend time with the Lord that it's about well I gotta I gotta pray to God or I gotta pray to Jesus and we see Jesus or God excuse me as some far off being that has really no like he's just a judge and a ruler over us but but that's not the case. it's personal, right? Or he wouldn't have sent his son to die on the cross. That's personal. Heaven went bankrupt in order for us to get be brought back in the right relationship with God. I'm so, I feel like a rubber band right now that's being stretched. Like I'm wound up. I don't dance, right? I don't dance or get all, but I feel like cord this morning wanting to jump around. So in 2 Corinthians 2.15, I think we, hopefully we have all the, yes, no. Okay, good. It says, For we are to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To the one we are the aroma of death leading to death and to the other aroma of life leading to life. And who is sufficient for these things? So I was reading through this and I was talking with a good friend of mine, me and Cord, actually through God's grace and mercy. We were seven years ago, we met this young man and we got to lead him to salvation on a boat at Hugh's at house. And uh, he's running strong, and we got to talk for about an hour, hour and a half. And I was telling him what I was getting ready to preach on, and, and we were talking through, through some of the things that the Lord was showing me, and he showed us this. When, when this woman, who we believe is Mary, broke this alabaster jar of oil over Jesus, Right, the disciples, it says they were indignant. but So there was other people in this room besides this woman. She was the only one that left smelling like him. So we can be in the presence of God, but no, nobody ever see that we were with him. And if that don't convict you, I might as well go home right now. As he's showing me these things, it's like, i 'll put it to you this way, like I said, this something that the Lord had been working in my heart, one obviously for me myself, right that's where it starts. but because of the distractions and different things that we go through in life, sometimes we don't feel like we hear God. Sometimes we have to walk this thing out in faith alone. sometimes you're not always going to go through an experience and feel His presence. The Bible says to lay uh, to to uh, have faith in what is not seen so sometimes we're not going to have an experience that we can go off of or some miraculous miracle that we can go off of right it's sometimes just about gritting and having faith and trusting and knowing that this word is true because if if we get so if we live our lives from experience to experience when that experience doesn't happen the next time we're going to be let down So we should come out of the presence of God smelling like we've been with him. So the Lord gave me this picture and I've been talking to Cord all week. Um, One of my best friends, we've been running together for 14 years. Through his persistency and love for Jesus is the only reason, well, not the only reason, but one of the main reasons I'm standing here today. So this oil, right? We see this, so the Lord gave me this picture and he gave me a picture of like um, a pitcher. Like, you know, you'd pour water or something in and an oil lamp. And in this picture is the oil from the Holy Spirit. And that oil lamp is our lives. And so every day when we get in that secret place, when we get in our closet with the Lord and allow the Holy Spirit to come and manifest himself The Lord is pouring out of this pitcher, this oil, and putting into our oil lamps, right? And filling us up. Well, the Bible says that we're the light of the world. So when we go out, our oil lamps are full, we should be lit, and we should take that light into the darkness. So as as we go out, not only are we filled up, but we should exhaust all resources throughout the day. And when we come back, our lamp, our oil lamp should be empty and he should be able to pour it full again and go out again. And it's just a constant cycle of refreshing. So the Hebrew word for, I wanna just start with this is dwell. And I, I'm, the reason I'm gonna, so you can put this word into the verse that I'm about to, to share. So the Hebrew word for de, dwell, excuse me, is yashav. And it means to marry. Psalms 27, four. One thing I have desired of the Lord that I will seek, that I may marry in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. He who marries in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. That word shadow means the presence of God. We're covered by the presence of God. But oftentimes we treat spending God as if we've been given a court-ordered visitation and we just do it out of obligation and not out of obedience. I know, you know, my dad calls me all the time and he, sometimes he's just like, just come over whenever you can, right? Our Father wants to spend time with us. It's not just about talking about things that are irrelevant, but he wants to really spend intimate time with us and get to know what we're feeling, what our pain is, what our grief is. You know, Danny brought up a good point uh, in the last service about Hannah. She was uh, filled with anguish because she couldn't have a child. The Lord wants to know us in that way where we can approach him um, like little children and just lay everything down at his feet. Being in the secret place is where that starts. Everything that we do should stem out of of spending time with him, that intimate time with him in his presence. The Bible says in Matthew 6, 6, but when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. I just want to say, people are going to know if you're a fraud or not. People are gonna know if you, 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 you're faking it till you make it, right? But with the Lord, if you fake it, you're not gonna make it. I mean, that's just, that's a spiritual truth. There, the, all the evil that's going on, the only way that we can combat it is with the word. You look back in scripture and when Jesus was drawn out into the desert in the wilderness by the Holy Spirit, Satan tempts him. And he says, if you are the son of God, turn this stone into bread, right? That's how it starts. What did Jesus do? He fought back with scripture. We have to get this word inside of us so that we can fight back. The Bible says that, the, uh, that this is a sword. If, if we go in a battle with a blunt sword, we're not gonna do anything but dent up some armor. And we can't go in for the kill against the enemy. So when we go into our secret place to be with God, we don't just go to gain more knowledge of God, but to get to know him as father, as dad. We go to repent of our sins and be refreshed by his spirit. It's a daily act of worship. So we worship up here. We, like Eric said last week, you know, these five little minutes is, you know, maybe 20 minutes morsels of of spending time with a devotional When things get really tough, that's not going to cut it. It's not going to keep that oil lamp filled. Bible says in Acts 3.19, it says, Repent, therefore, and be converted or changed, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from where? The presence of the Lord. While we are in the secret place, we grow more intimate with God and we can live in a state of being instead of a state of doing. It becomes just how we live and comes from the overflow of being in the secret place instead of doing things out of works with just a knowledge of God. So brother Danny preached about Samuel, right? And you look at Samuel and it says that he was, he grew up in the presence of the Lord. And he was talking about our children and how we're to raise our children. So Samuel had a knowledge of God, but then when he heard God call his voice, then he had the experience from God. Sometimes when we go into our secret place, we wanna fill the void of silence with us asking or telling God everything we wanna hear or need him to do. Often he just wants us to sit quietly and wait on him. If we want to experience true intimacy with God, we must learn to quiet the clatter and enter into his stillness. James Gall said, learning to be quiet before the Lord is one of the greatest challenges we face today in our quest to enter in and experience true intimacy with him. You know, I have a three-year-old and he's like the Tasmanian devil. I have family and friends that can attest to that. Thank you, Candice. Um, But even in that commotion and that clatter, we still need to find time to remain in the presence of the Lord. And, you know, this, you know, we often hear, you know, they're not, they really don't remember things when they're that young. Yes, they do. They understand a lot more than we think. They understand a lot more than we think. So how how can we get to know someone if we don't sit with them? If we're not spending time with the Lord, a personal, intimate relationship with God, how are we ever going to get to know his heart? Obviously, that does start by getting the word inside of us and that changing the way we think, you know, brother Danny, I love the way he said it. He said, you know, I'm learning new things and I'm having to unlearn old things. Some things that you think you may know, you need to unlearn and learn the new things that the Lord is trying to show you. But if you're already filled up with junk, there's no room for anything else. So now that we know that we have to have intimacy with God, how do we teach our kids to desire to do the same thing? In order for our children to experience the full power of God and the Holy Spirit, we have to be seeking God's presence ourselves. If we're stewarding well, then we can guide and teach our children to do the same thing. They're going to use whatever example we give them. Are we showing them the right ones? They're going to learn from whatever environment example they get. So they can go to school and they can they can hear whatever. I know the school system is getting kind of crazy especially once you get to university but when they come home when they're in this place of comfort and peace what are they learning what are they being taught are they being taught about god and the holy spirit and jesus and and how our lives can be radically changed and and because the bible says that we're not supposed to be of the world but we're supposed uh we're supposed to be in the world but not of it excuse me got tongue tied So if that's the case, but if we go into the world and we don't have the word and we're not filled up each day, then we're gonna start looking and smelling like the world instead of that sweet fragrance and aroma that the Bible talks about that we're supposed to carry as believers. We must, guys, this is so important. And I didn't get this for the longest time and and through Jess's persistence, uh, I'll put that lightly. And her prayer and just trying to show me what the Lord was showing her, we have to be covering our children in prayer, even in the small things. Because our first ministry is at home. That's where it starts. You know, we talk about commissioning and going out. So first, my ministry first is to my wife. And then from that stems to my children that's where the commissioning starts. It's not here from the pulpit or in the small groups, or it's in the intimacy of our homes. Right, because we can, we can do all the right things, we can do all the studies and all the different activities, but and if our homes, like I, I love, and it, it was very convicting for me, Brother Eric's like, if your house is not in order, you know, something's not right. So that got me on this long, it hurt getting things pulled out, you know. But that's the, I mean, that's when you know guys working in your life is when sometimes we have to let go of things and it's gonna hurt. It's gonna be painful because we are so stuck in our ways and we get in this rut and this constant going but he wants us to change and that intimacy that we're spending with the Lord is supposed to pass to our children and he doesn't want us to just be, uh, you know, I love what Brad was talking about this morning, giving them the phones and tablet and I'm guilty of that and very convicting. He wants us to pass on that intimacy to our children. What kind of example are we giving them? Are we just giving them stuff and objects and things to do so that we don't have to worry with them and that stuff can babysit them or we... pouring into them the oil that the lord has poured into us into them so they can be a light in the world wherever they go even when we have no idea what to pray and we don't know what to do because our life seems to be upside, turned upside down pray philippians 4 6 through 7 says be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to god and peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. Romans eight twenty six says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. So even when we don't know what to cry out, we can ask the Holy Spirit to speak on our behalf. And he'll intercede for us when we don't know what to do or what's going to happen in the next thing. Many of y'all were here when, when Zay had his accident in the beginning of the year. It was probably the hardest thing that my family had to go through. Because we had no control over the situation. Right? That's what happens when things go wrong and spin out of control. We try and do everything we can to hold everything tight and together instead of first taking it to God and seeing what he wants to do and how he wants us to move. And so we didn't know how to handle the situation. We had no idea what to do and all we could do was pray. And many times we didn't know what to pray. We didn't know how to pray for this situation because we'd never been there before. But see, out of out of being in that presence, he had already prepared us to walk through that. Out of spending that intimate time with him, he already prepared our hearts to walk through that heartache. I'll just share this with you because I don't think I've shared with a few people, and I don't know that many people know this testimony. So when Zay had his accident, you know, we thought there was an infection and we took him back to the hospital. And um, you know, at the beginning they were telling us that they might have to cut off his whole finger and Um, because of the lack of blood that happened over a period of time. And we had this, oh, it was terrible, this smell. And so we thought it was an infection. We thought that there was a rotting in his hand. And so we rushed him back to the hospital. And I remember the day before, everybody, we gathered right over there during uh, family feast and everybody laid hands on him and we prayed over him. Uh, And I just wanna say, first off, that that speaks volumes on a body, uh, because you know a lot of times we can go in this place, and this isn't just a church, this isn't just uh, you know a body of believers. I love what Eric said. This is a family, and we take care of our own. And so we took Zayden in the hospital, and they pulled it off. And the smell that was in that room—oh my goodness! I about fell. I was gagging, to be honest with you. Jess, no, I don't do smells. And and so they get it off and they're like the doctors like it looks great It's looking good. Like I don't think we're gonna have to take any more off the finger So the initial surgery that had to cut half of his thumb off They're like we don't have to cut anymore. It's it looks good. It's pink It's red looks like it's supposed to it was probably just sweat and stuff. That's what you're smelling Um, My son's very active so he sweats a lot and I don't have to get two washers for when he starts high school. And so in two weeks, we were supposed to go back and he was supposed to take the cast off and we were to see how we were gonna proceed. And I was like, okay, God, we were going through a study about dangerous prayers. And um, it's like, okay, God, I'm gonna trust you no matter what outcome we receive. So that day before, I fasted and I asked God, I said, God, I know you're a miracle worker because I've seen it before. See, me and Jess weren't supposed to have kids. We got told by several doctors that it was impossible, that we shouldn't waste our money on any kind of um, surgeries or operations or any of that stuff. Because it wouldn't work. It'd be a waste. We'd be wasting our money. And so we tried for five, five years. And, uh, but we know that God is faithful. And we know that he still does miracles. So the next day when we took him back to the doctor. Cut off his cast. And everything looked good and healthy. We get home. And I start look, we start looking at his hand, just seeing kind of how he's moving it and stuff. And we notice that his thumb is the same size as the one that wasn't injured. What happened was God grew the other half of his finger back and now he's even got a fingernail. And so when people tell me that God's, doesn't heal anymore and god doesn't do miracles one i've never seen stuff like actually grow back so that was pretty crazy but he does it okay and i believe that the time that we're moving into the faithfulness that he's bringing his body to the the deeper intimacy with him that he's bringing us to that stuff is going to start breaking out everywhere we go because when we carry the holy spirit it's not just about having a smile on our face, walking around and and tipping good on our bill when we leave a restaurant. When we carry that fragrance of life, wherever we go, people should be getting healed, getting delivered, getting freedom because we carry that with us. Because the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead now lives in us and that's powerful. But I don't think that we really understand the full power that we've been given. You know, uh, Brad was talking about a sin of silence this morning. And I think in our silence, we've lost the understanding of the power that we've been given. Because if we really understood whose kids we are and what authority we move in, people would drop, be dropping out with the Holy Spirit left and right. so we have to be intentional with our children showing them how to pray how to worship and how to seek the lord with our whole hearts it's not just something that we do on sunday mornings or something <clears throat> excuse me not just something that we do on sunday mornings or something that they, they can figure out on their own because if we leave them to the world the world's going to devour them I've got a couple of testimonies. Am I still doing okay on time? Okay. Yeah, he gave me the last service. And I was like, I don't know if that's such a smart idea. I ain't got a, I ain't got a clock at the end. So um, so one day me and Jess were driving to the car. You know, sometimes as a parent, you ask God, am I really giving a good example to my children about the Lord and my relationship with the Lord and how they see God? And... Uh, so one day I don't remember where we were going, but shopping or something—I don't know—we're driving down the car, and we always, Zay calls it Jesus music. He said, "Daddy, put on the Jesus music." Always, we're always listening to worship music. And uh, we're driving down the road, and I, don't, I think it was uh, Fresh Fire. He—that's his favorite song. And uh, you can see Fresh Fire, like just in the back seat. And, but this time was different. He was sitting in this. Uh... Oh, he was sitting in the back seat with his hands up. And he kept saying, thank you, Jesus. And it was just like a reassurance from the Lord like you're doing, you're doing a good job, right? Because sometimes we need that as parents because we don't know if the example we're leading by is is good, is good enough if our kids are paying attention, right? And so I just was like, "You gotta share that story on Sunday. Well, I could barely get it out. Uh, so So just like, we have to understand that our kids are watching whatever we do. You know, he's my, he's my shadow. Whatever I'm doing, he's right, right here. He's like grabbing onto my leg like this. <laughs> Run, daddy. I can't. You're on my leg. <laughs> Oftentimes, we think that coming to church on Sunday mornings or on Wednesday nights are enough. But if our relationship with God is just based on those things, then our relationship with our heavenly father has no depth or sustenance. That alarm for me? (laughs) We can even be walking in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but not have a relationship with our Father. And that's tragic. See, because He's not going to hold back any of those gifts from us, right? Because we're His kids. But the first and foremost thing that he wants from us is intimacy and have a relationship with him. The Bible says in Matthew seven twenty two, On that day many will say to me, Lord, Lord did we not prophesy in your name, cast out demons in your name, and do many mighty works in your name? And then will I declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. You know, that's something that me and Jess talk about often, and that's something that I never wanna hear. Because the way I live my life, I want God to say, well done, good and faithful servant. Not leave me, for I never knew you. What kind of example are we leaving? Not just in our kids, but in our workplace, at the grocery store, the restaurants, with our friends, Everywhere we go, like the Bible says in Second Corinthians, we should carry the aroma of life. If they never see it at home, how will they ever have a desire to go deeper with the Lord? You know, when, when Zay got hurt and his finger was going through all that, his hand and he saw many people lay hands on him and pray over him for healing. The other day I had cut my finger on something. I think it was a kitchen knife. I had a band-aid wrapped around it and we were watching YouTube uh, worship songs and we we're singing and he was sitting in my lap, right? And that's how God wants us to be. He wants us to just sometimes just sit, right? Just sit in dad's lap, and just, just be in his presence. But he was sitting with me and I feel his little hand grab my finger and just start saying, thank you, Jesus, for healing daddy. Our kids are watching very intently on what we do. And it's scary, to be honest. Like, God, you gave me an actual human being to take care of, not just to clothe, but I mean, because it, right, it's not just about the secular things, the clothing and the bathing and the feeding. But what kind of spiritual feeding is he getting? What kind of spiritual clothing is he getting, right? Because we have to cover our kids. The enemy wants to take them out because of the, you know, the Bible says that, you know, come to me as little children. And I really do believe, I feel it in my spirit that this, this next generation coming up is about to just storm the gates of hell. You know, you youth, I see y'all worshiping and and it's just such a beautiful thing to see, see y'all on y'all's knees, just crying out to the Lord. And for us going before y'all, we we need to be very, how would I put it? We need to stand in the gap. You know, you look back in Joshua and the priests, they took the Ark of the Covenant and they stood in the river and the water ceased and the rest of the nation was able to get across to the other side. We have to be willing to stand in the gap. You know, Cord called me and told me something the other day that he heard somewhere. It says, why, why was the Holy Spirit called the comforter? Because we're gonna get into some uncomfortable situations. Are you ready? Are you ready for those uncomfortable situations? Because now's the time to start stepping out. When you start feeling the nudge from the Holy Spirit to pray for somebody, or you see somebody uh, you know, in crutches or, or hurting or, or whatever, are you willing to step out in faith, right? Because it only takes one to have the faith. I mean, look at the, 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 the man that was lowered into the house by his friend's, his, by his friend's faith, he was made well. That, that's a whole nother sermon in itself. Um, about, you know, who's, your, who's in your circle. And the Bible says in Proverbs 22.6, it says, train up a child in the way he should go and when he's old, he shall not depart from it. Psalms 119.11 says, your word is I have hidden in my heart that might not sin against you. Um, I, I remember Brother Eric saying this one morning, a proverb is not a promise, but Wisdom. So I kinda was looking at that, I broke it down. Pro and then verb. Pro meaning obviously in favor of or in agreement with. Verb is a word used to describe an action, action, state or occurrence and forming the main part of a predicate of a sentence such as here, become or happen. So what we must do is put the wisdom of God in action in our lives. time are we supposed to stop right now <laughs> I still got a whole bunch too but so my main, my mate I'll close with this sorry for taking longer than I expected I just had so much that the Lord was showing me and um and the worship team can come up whenever they're ready um But coming off of intimacy and moving into the presence of the Lord and being in that secret place in the closet, right? Closing the door and just being with God. If we're, right, because in our marriage, we would spend time with our spouse going on to a movie, going to dinner. But when it comes to having that intimate time with God, it seems like we neglect that a lot of the times. And we don't put the same effort and time into that, that we do everything else. And so this morning, I wanna encourage you as a worship team comes up and they start to play that uh, if we can dim the lights and just have a time to where we can take this moment and just get in the presence of the Lord and for, uh, for repentance, for a refreshing, to allow God's spirit to move us to where our hearts, we would have that desire to have that devoted time with the Lord and stay in his presence. Cause it's not just a morning thing, right? It's, Cause then it just becomes a ritual. But our whole lives, as we go throughout the day, we should stay in constant presence of the Lord. That's how we should live our lives. And that's how we're no, the world will, no, well, excuse me, will know that we're set apart. A royal priesthood, holy. Oh, all my stuff went away. Uh, <laughs> so I just wanna, as they play, Would you just come and would you just allow the Holy Spirit to work work in your heart and just allow God to move and just speak to you, whether it be you need to repent of some stuff, whether you just need to be comforted, but just know that this is a safe place and that God is wanting to move you into deeper waters.